Crank up your limited edition Rolling Stones vinyl from Japan. And hold on to your brain cupcakes. It's Tinfoil Tuesday on Westworld, the Recapables. I am your host, David Shoemaker, and I am joined as I am every Tuesday by the ring is Micah Peters and the little known second understudy for the role of Clementine. It's Danny Heifetz. How are you guys doing? I have been thinking a lot about Hiroyuki Sanada. That's how I'm doing. Really? Yeah. Just because, I mean, I, I loved him in the, you know, like Rush Hour 3. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even say that in a straight face, but big fan of Hiroyuki Sanada, just in general. Fantastic take. Danny, how are you doing? I'm just, did you say Rolling Stones vinyl in Japanese? Yeah, it's limited edition Japanese vinyl. Where do you think those covers of Painted Black came from? I mean, oh. like you didn't anyway. like you didn't like the sound of yeah. of cream being played on a kodo. I, that I've been listening to that all we'll morning. We'll get to that. We'll get there. We're gonna get there. Um, is there any like retractions and omissions off the top, Hyvitz? Uh, yes, two by me. Not omissions, but so last week we t- I talked about like the Protagoras Lab that was because on a website and the URL embedded in the code on a QR scan, you could find that they called it the Protagoras Lab. Uh, turns out also Lisa Joy just like said that in a behind the scenes interview as well. Protagoras? Uh, yeah, Protagoras, who I called a disciple of Socrates last week because he came to the conclusion that truth was relative. Oh, right. That's true, but he's not a disciple of Socrates. <laughs> Thank you to Antoinetta Rondon who pointed that out to me on Twitter, who I believe is a philosophy PhD, not sure, but told me that he is a sophist. He came before Socrates. Apparently, like, in those conversations that Plato was writing down, apparently he would be like, he literally was like, I'm old enough to be all of your fathers. Okay, great. Got so, so, I'm but, sorry, but to, I disrespected Protagoras. But, re- but, but his, his place, uh, so wait, the place was named after him. Oh, well, the lab was called Protagoras. So the idea that truth is relative, that's like the name of the lab where they're doing all this James Delos stuff. Great. Okay, great. Um, so that's the name of the, the lab and the project. So and truth is relative, and you can put a mind in a different body. So there's a metaphor there. Right. And the other takeaway is all these dudes is my sons, Plato. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just go straight from truth is relative to you can put another, you can put a person's brain in a host body? Well, that's, that's why they call it Protagoras, apparently, the Protagoras Labs. That's sort of a leap, but I'll give that to you. All right, I keep going. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, other one, much more importantly, we just missed on this completely on our pod, and we did not realize that she Akane was dancing to a cover of Cream by Wu Tang Clan. Oh, we just yes. whiffed on that. Yeah, sorry. That's- Micah just made the most like embarrassed face. I mean, <laughs> like. I, it's just like you, you never just whenever there's a musical cue in the show, you don't just immediately need to know exactly what it is. Because it's always some like you, you know, know very I, I, moody I, I, cover I, of. You're absolutely right. First of all, you should have been in there watching it with us. You were invited. Second of all, well, I mean, that's I, my own, my own <laughs> blindness. I think I just assumed it was not going to be. You're right. I should have been paying attention. No, that's you know what? It's we can all share the blame in that because I was. I, you're right. I was not there during the first. I was morning Sakura. Okay, if you were in Shogun World, like if it were real, uh-huh. and you were there as a guest, yes. With all of the music being, with, with the fact that all the music is like weird stylized covers of contemporary music take you out of the moment? Or would that be part of the joy of going there to see what they were going to cover next? Isn't that just like every club ever, though? It's just kind of like yeah, all no, of a I sudden think- there's a there's a dubstep remix of 
like the, the SpongeBob new... SquarePants theme song. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> Sorry, I drive around. <laughs> I drive around with a nine-year-old alone. And, uh... <laughs> so, so you, so you drive. So, in your driving around with a nine-year-old, you listen to a lot of dubstep remixes of of like Nickelodeon cartoons. Trap remixes of everything. The trap remix of F is for Fryer and Uranium Bombs. My, my big like, score was to get onto like a trap remix of '80s TV theme songs over the weekend because then it was at least something I could sing along to. You should but, definitely yeah. get swayed the remix god version of like the yodel kid song <laughs> he will love that actually, i'll check it out real quick though this is actually a very divisive thing so i think ramin javadi who is the composer has done an unbelievable job this year but a lot of people feel that the covers like take them out of the moment while they're watching do you guys like them or not I that was the question i just asked no but in the show specifically yeah i mean you, that, that was that was yeah we that's a good good uh theoretical segue to that i don't think it takes <laughs> you out it's tv i love it I just I don't really understand the people who don't like. The I covers. think that the point is that, and it and it's sort of the same answer that Mike said. I mean, it's an artificial world, right? So, like, you know, yeah, it's it all it's it's a package deal. I mean, like some if, weird stuff. If we're not really going to complain about Sizemore using the same lines of dialogue in a different <laughs> language for a completely exactly. different world, uh, yeah. I mean, like you know, covers derivative covers. I mean, like they, those were bound to happen. Yeah, and also Westworld and Shogun World are derivative covers of things that happened in history. This is. Wow. This is, wow. Heifetz's jaw just, like, dropped <laughs> on the floor. You're not experiencing, you're not going, it's not a time machine. It's Damn, like, it's dog. like, it's, it's Epcot Center. I, I mean, come on. I at it like that. We'll get to the time machine thing later, because what if? Oh, yeah. Please what no. I, please no. Uh, there was also <laughs> a weird, you, you told this to me as we were walking in. I, of course, I did not watch on, I did not watch the Sunday night airing this week, but apparently, since the screeners that we got are, uh, you know, not quite finished. There was something added to the shows from the time that we watched it to between then and, and the final air, the final airing on Sunday. Yeah, this is some inside baseball, actually. So the screener, what they added between when they sent us the screeners five weeks ago and this episode is that scene right at the beginning where Strand walks in and makes a phone call. His phone call wasn't on the episode originally, but he makes a call to the Dallas security guard played by Betty Gabriel. And she's standing on that cliff overlooking the sea. And, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, the, the sea is like half um, dredged and we're going to have all the hosts up in the Mesa by the end of the day. And he's like, all right, cool. Thanks. And like, she has something about his personal affects. Like this was pirates of the Caribbean or something. And then they hang up, but they that went part wasn't in the version that we saw. No. Early. So they went out of their way to add two, basically two pieces of information. Well, which, I think that could be, I mean, listen, there's a very functional version of this little tweak. I mean, that, well, first of all, zoom out. There's going to be a million little tweaks. There's probably like 20 more that we haven't, that we didn't notice because they were so minor or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the functional version of this is that they just, you know, looked at it for the millionth time and they were like, maybe it's not clear that those are the hosts from the water. You know, so they have yeah. to put in a little something else. So someone being like, hey, I'm here at the water with the rest of the hosts. Thank you for this is your cousin that. Marvin, Marvin Barry. <laughs> <laughs> you know that new sound you've been listening to? Um, yeah, but the, uh, but, yeah, but also, I mean, do you think that there's something deeper to it? Or they, or is there, is there a hit? Is there a meaning there that we, that we should be looking at? I mean, I want to think that there's a deeper meaning there and I will get to maybe what it is. But in reality, I think you're right because. You we know that you can't resist blowing this out of proportion. So let's <laughs> no, just go ahead and like just rip the bandaid off, Danny. What does it mean? Uh, all right, we'll just jump right to it. So this is a great theory which comes to us from Nosferatu Goddess. <laughs> 
the, the, the four is an Arabic numeral, so it's nose four atu Okay, of course. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and she had it, or he uh, has a great theory that Dolores tells Teddy that the sickness is spread by flies, and so her dad killed the weak cows and burned them. And flies hate smoke, so Nosferatu goddess says that Dolores is going to do that again. Once all the hosts are collected in the mesa at the end of the day, uh, she's going. Dolores is going to activate the C4 in their spines and blow up the mesa to like smithereens and kill all the people inside, and then maybe whatever data they got left and blow the whole thing up, just like her dad killed the cows and start a big old fire. So they <laughs> wait. So in the lab that they're in right now, they have all those hosts. Once they're all together, so it was important to stipulate that was what the, what the additional scene was. Was they're not all there yet. Yeah, that they mm-hmm. specifically said all these hosts will be at one place. So why did the and third of them have no have the have the virgin brains? Well, so that that goes to the next level, which is the the virgin brain. There's a lot of speculation about this. It's like this is actually just kind of like more a composite, but really that they're creating new hosts in there. That they specifically said it's not that they were wiped, but that they're it's like they were created anew. So did Dolores create these bodies as a diversion of sorts? Did she create them as like a total sidebar? So maybe those were never even the people originally in them. Maybe that's actually not Teddy's body. It's like a brand new body that they made, and it's like a whole like uh, red herring, but like literally. All right, really, wait, but a, a literal red herring. I don't, no, I, that's definitely not it. But like she, it's a diversion well, that Dolores were in was the like. Water, they were going to cook up water. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. Okay, so if we're going, I didn't even do spoiler alerts up top. I mean, you it's already, you already know Westworld. what it is if you're listening to this podcast. Spoiler alert, everybody. It's called Theories from Retroactive Spoiler Alert. <laughs> we talked about this some, I think, on the Sunday's episode. But the, 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 the prevailing theory, the organizing theory of this season, the season two version of William and the Man in Black are the same person, is um, B equals T. Which is Bernard that Bernard and Teddy have somehow mind swapped, or that Teddy's mind is well, occupying Bernard, or something no, I, to that. I think that it's did we like replaced. that? Yeah, because so there's th- this is a, a forked theory that we've we've discussed on here. But if basically, this goes back to the forked tongue of the snake, and you're yeah, gonna do another garden, snake of the garden. Yeah, just exactly. Get out of here. You're so, fired. Please. No, the the driving theory of this season is that the scenes with Bernard on the beach are so freaking weird. Something has to be up with them. There are two schools to thought here. There are two schools of thought. Schools here. like schools of fish. Schools, like schools of fish schools with of, the red herring. Schools of red herring. School. Yeah. <clears throat> One is that Bernard <laughs> is actually Teddy's like consciousness in Bernard's body. Uh-huh. This week we had actually, we have a new clubhouse leader, which is that Bernard is being looped through all of this, which we've discussed before, but basically he wakes up and he's like the head of a department for this company and they don't, ask him if he's okay or anything. And then all they do is talk about what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? And then there's all these like weird kind of blatant continuity error, continuity errors throughout the scene and throughout the episode. And all that combines to make people think that Bernard has all this information in his head and they need to figure out what he knows to get, figure out what happened last two weeks. So, uh, (laughs) this is the second episode where they've mentioned the cradle they mention it right in the first episode, or sorry, they mentioned this in the first scene of this episode, and this is like the most cryptic thing of the season. They mention it one other time, and the only other mention of it is in an email that they actually sent to like people who visited the Delos website, 
if you're mm-hmm. a weirdo like me and you actually get emails from Delos.com. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would open it. I don't think I'd open an email from Delos. I so, feel like that's a, f- a phishing <laughs> yeah. thing. So, you know? this is what Knowing the email, what we know about the corporation, <laughs> you shouldn't trust them. So this is what the email said. Learn about the simulation technology that stores and tests all of our storylines. The Cradle. Delos' time capsule that ensures you get the immersive and dynamic experience you deserve. And you click the link and it just goes crazy and says the Cradle is offline. And it also refers to it as like CR4-DL, which is CR4. It's probably where they got Cradle from. It's like a nickname. But that makes a lot of sense because as Denver Haas and NGB, N-E-C-K, and Neck, whatever, and Winter Mute Prime talked about on Reddit in a nice little thread and comment, they, if you're going to have this big company and you're going to introduce all these new characters, mm-hmm. you need some <clears throat> big-ass simulation thing to actually tell you what's going to happen if you introduce this new character and then what happens if one of those people's preset paths is disrupted and how does that, what's the butterfly effect? You need something to sim how it's going to affect all the other two or 3,000 hosts. So mm-hmm. they, when they introduce a new character, they need to be able to project what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you have this giant simulator that can actually project a consciousness before you put it into a body. And now the theory is that Bernard is being thrown, like Bernard is being thrown for a loop but it's not like a physical simulation. They're literally running his mind through a simulation. A lot of that stuff on the beach didn't actually happen. He, that is when he was in the cradle. And the Strand and Charlotte and all those people are running him through a simulation, that thing. And we're going to see a version of it in the next episode. So, hmm. okay. I keep coming back to the, like that one scene after they walk into the Protagoras lab and Charlotte's there and she like is going down the line asking people about, you know, like what happened and then she just gets to Bernard and everybody kind of talks him talks to him like slightly askew and it's just kind of like, what about you, Bernard? <laughs> What's going on inside that brain of yours? And it's just kind of like it, I guess I I could I could buy it. I could buy it. Yeah, I like that. I kind of like the idea that like uh, that all the character like Carl Strand doesn't even exist, too. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that. I, next like level. knowing that we like there was all this theorizing about who are these people in season in episode one. And, re, and, and um, you know, I think I talked about this when I, I did a, a pop up on the watch last week. But, um, you know, the, the one of the thing one of the things we talked about in episode one was that it seemed like the Chinese military was there. And, and my interpretation was that was Nolan and Joy telling us just here's a here is a online argument we can stop having. We're just going to solve this this fake controversy or this fake, you know whatever mystery, but it turns out they're just even more in on it now. You know, they're just like going deeper and deeper and making it more confusing Mm -hmm. in the same way in season one. We're like, Oh, look at all these new characters. Like it's Carl Strand and Betty Gabriel. And we, you know, it's, this is going to be interesting. And whoever that tech guy is. And, um, in fact, maybe none of them matter at all. Yeah. I mean, Strand has done nothing except, you know, like walk around very menacingly in brogues. I mean, like, and just say things that are just, ostensibly villain-like. Like, I don't, I, I, I really don't get his role yet. Like, almost as if he could be some sort of arbiter of some sort of mental diagnostic, like, inside of something else. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> I'm just, like, deep diving into just, like, random, like, Google searches, but the next episode is called Phase Space, which we don't know anything about except for the teaser. I could totally see after, especially after we the... The, you know, the Jim Delos episode, last episode, that there'd be an episode where we, it's just like 
the Bernard, we just see Bernard, I mean, maybe this is the finale, but Bernard just doing the same scene four times or something like that. And then we're like, oh shit, none of this was real. Yeah. Anyway. So good thread I like from NJ Beck. And then there's also a link to a video from this guy named Hacks Dogma. And the combo really puts out a really convincing scenario that they're in a, like a real like three like a, like a virtual reality studio mm-hmm. and that what Bernard is seeing is not what's going on, but that those people are actually physically there. So in every scene, whenever they ask him a question, anything that happens, any kind of external stimuli, like, you know, a woman gets shot in the opening of the episode with Charlotte there and they're at the night of the massacre, or anytime something happens, Strand or Charlotte, whoever's talking to Bernard never looks at whatever's going on. They're always looking at Bernard's reaction yeah. in like yeah. every shot in this timeline. So it's almost that he's being run and they're physically standing there. And then also after this episode, in like the preview for next week's episode, we see Bernard wearing like this big metal helmet. Like literally like Bernard has his own tinfoil hat going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Bernard and Cerebro. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So we're going to see the cradle. Okay. Give us some more crazy theories, Danny. Maeve tapped into the mesh network with her mind. So a simple but crucial question I'm throwing out to you guys. The only other person who's done that, who's connected to f- hosts with their mind, is Ford. Do you think Ford is a host? Does that change your mind at all about whether Ford is a host or not? Well, because why, how would he be able to tap in if he weren't a host? That's yeah. the idea? How could he have tapped into the mesh network as a human? Well, how did he tap into the mesh network? I mean, are, like what are the what was the instance in which he did it? Uh, so he's sitting at a, a wonderful lunch uh, with RIP with Teresa. And then they start talking and it turns. Oh, and, and he pauses in the middle of pouring wine. Yeah, and, and then the wine pours. Don't and get she, in my way. <laughs> yeah. And then she looks and everybody working in the agave fields has just stopped moving. And she's like, what the fuck? And then, yeah. Huh. And so, I guess for I guess for me, it, like my initial reaction is that it doesn't really matter that they don't have those things don't have to line up because it's just Ford is God. And then the other, it's a separate thing from just like the way that hosts tap in. But, um, I, you know, Nolan and Joy are a little bit more liber- literal and robotic than I than I am sometimes by by a hair. I mean, we know he's real. He had maggots crawling all that's, over. That's that's yeah. the the main one about, against this is that. So, but there is one for that, that too. But that he's maybe a half a host or something. So that's <laughs> the strongest evidence against this is that the maggots are very clearly kind of this um, interpretation that. If maggots or flies are eating you, whatever, then you're you're real. But there is an interesting theory. Someone brought up a thread from last year that explained really convincingly that in all the flashbacks, there are no flies, um, mm-hmm. no matter how many dead bodies. But in this, like in the this is season one, in the present timeline in season one, every dead body, every everything had like a ton of flies around it, and the flies have been like confirmed by the show as like they're the only real animal in the park or organism other than humans, and that what if when they started, because Ford says they started changing the way hosts were made, uh-huh. what if at some point they actually introduced the actual DNA aspect of it, during, and that was one of the big changes Ford was upset with, and that they actually do have some kind of flesh component that um, actually could be eaten by flies, which is what if Dolores' cattle actually got blue tongue? And then what if there's actually this feels viral- like so much of that had had to have happened like off screen that it's just yeah. not even. Oh, by the fair. way, they're made yeah. of flesh now. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, the rules are completely different than what you are. That I don't even know how, how you were keeping the flies them. out of there anyway. Yeah. You know what? I tried. I agree. Ford is not a host. Was that for a host? Okay. There you go. 
Thanks for indulging in that. <laughs> I yeah. tried. Um, okay, this one, this one I really like. So Sizemore says that you know it's not it's not plagiarism; it's supply and demand. Yeah, mm-hmm. my guy Sizemore. So that apparently, <laughs> <laughs> as yeah, as Faye Fox pointed out, and a lot of people pointed this out, that apparently extends to construction. If you look, the map they've had a map on the Westworld website for like the whole season, mm-hmm. and they posted the Shogun World map last night on Sunday. It's the same map. It's literally the exact same map. The topography, the topography of everything is different. Like the bodies of water, the hills, the mountains. Like it's literally the same map. The towns, you know, might change, but like it's the, same, it's the same shape. It's the same shape. It's the waters in the same place. Like everything about it is exactly the same. So do you think they're stacked or something? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. But how did they get there? Well, isn't that the question? <laughs> is but, he making fun of me? I, so, I mean, no. listen. <laughs> Let's go on, Danny. What's the, what's the question? Let's so get- no, I mean, really. So that's really the question is why the hell are these maps the exact same? So the simplest answer would probably be they're building islands in the South China Sea and it's easier to like make them uniform. But like that's really fucking boring. Okay, wait. But if the if, the, if all of the separate worlds are stacked on top of each other, how do you explain Emily getting from Raj World? Well, she did have to go into a tunnel. No, no, no. That's not true. She fell into the, the lake. She fell into the lake. She didn't take an el- she didn't take an elevator or go down a tunnel or anything. It was she fell into a lake and then ended up in Westworld. There's a lot of questions here. No, so I mean, it could be as simple. I mean, again, maybe this is lazy marketing or maybe this is. That it actually is just easier if you build all the hosts, all the host worlds in the same style. Or what if it means something way more? I, my personal favorite is that I actually think if you look like these, I haven't seen this on Reddit, but I'm sure someone's thought of it. I actually think if you look by them side by side, they look like brain scans. If you've ever seen like brain scan, it's kind of like brain scan. And so, I mean, and the center of the Westworld map, like dead center is Dolores's house. And their ranch is the dead center of Westworld, which is a real good, you know, they're the center of the maze and Dolores Journey is the center of the maze. Journey to your consciousness yeah. or whatever. So yeah. if you start thinking of identity and you have copies of everyone's identity in each world and if they're stacked in a way that I actually like the idea of the physical locations in some way being like different layers and kind of like of a brain, your brain scanning, that's probably two galaxy brain. But in terms of literally, I don't know what it means yet, but, like, that's kind of crazy to think about. That they're all the same layout. I'm looking at the map right now. No one knows what to nothing. do with this yet. But imagine if So what do you think ups- it means that Dolores' house is at the dead center of everything? What if we're on a— Oh, well, that, I think, is a metaphor that, for, like, that Westworld was supposed to be shaped like a brain and that she was at the center of the maze and it's about finding self and identity. I thought it was just a metaphor. But now that they have, like, all these other parks, or or at least Shogun World is definitely, like, the same structure, now I'm like, all right, there's definitely more to the physical geography of how the shape is affecting everything. What that means, I don't know exactly. I mean, I think the most galaxy brain thing that you could probably think of is that this is, in fact, a moon off of Saturn. And if you dig all the way through Westworld, you will get to Shogun World. So everything matters, and also nothing does, is what I'm getting from that. That is life. So, Emily dove into the water which because these are slices of a world like she felt this is like a video game where you fall through one ocean into another ocean well that was raj world so we don't know that raj world is the same we don't know and i mean that still is a huge theory a huge plot hole we don't know you know but i'm just saying i mean what else 
They're the exact. I mean, same. All, all of the maps of Westworld that we've seen, or of the Delos, whatever the the you know the the offices and everything else are layered. Yeah, I mean yeah. everything. So that's, everything built. Everything is built down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's in theory. I don't know, but the Mesa is so high. I mean, how many shots have we seen of like the twenty thousand? Like you look down and you can't even see the bottom of like everything. Like the, from that perspective, it actually is. I mean, it's not that it's. You like, mean inside of the inside inside of the, the Mesa? Yeah. So they've established that that is like the go-to style of architecture, so to speak. Yeah, I'm. Ba- I mean, I, I know I just said it, but it's a it's a, that's that's a lot. And also, it's like the top of the mesa is the mesa, which we've seen. The bottom is cold storage, I guess. But the but the the monorail or the monorail arrives like two thirds of the way down. I mean, it's not like it's that deep. It's a freaking it's a mesa. I'm just saying, at the very least, this means that they just built like six identical islands or whatever, or at yeah. least two. Okay. That's fine. But, but not, that's but also a really boring answer. It's like, well, it was just easier and we didn't want to have to pay some architects also, to pick and a I separate don't, And I don't get island. it. I don't, I but, don't get I mean, also, that's, that's, no, that's no less of a lazy explanation than, you know, supply and demand is, is the same <laughs> reason that I wrote the same lines yeah, for all the characters. I, and I don't—I'm all over the place on this. I don't care about travel time or whatever. I'm not that Game of Thrones viewer, but, I mean, they've, whatever it is, Sylvester and Felix— Presumably, you've just walked from one to the other without eating. Well, speaking of eating, someone, this is not a huge theory, but someone actually speculated, and this doesn't really come up this episode, but that whiskey and milk are host fuel, so to speak. This is from At Home Today. Well, I'm, in, I'm uh, into wherever this is going. Let's, let's do this. Just that any scene where hosts are drinking, when people are drinking, they're never drinking the same thing. So if humans ever drink at the bar in the Mariposa, Maeve is offered and she always asks for a different bottle. And then... William, in all those scenes with James Delos, is offered the drink, and he's like, no, too early for me. But, like, we've never actually seen, or even when they're taking shots, like, they're usually drinking different stuff. And that's the question is, can hosts and humans actually consume the same stuff? And so you ask about Maeve and food. Do they actually need anything? What is? I'm not talking about Maeve. I'm not Sylvester and Felix, who are nominally humans. They've been walking around for two for days without food. But yeah, but they'll figure it out. And like, but that's like... No, no, but I but I do like this question. It so would like, be Man insane. in Black is eating a rabbit or something. And like, the hosts were cooking a rabbit. And like, in the first episode, and he's just like, yeah, this is a, they know how to cook. And I'm like, what the hell is he eating? He's not going to eat what the hosts eat. And those aren't eating food. So like, what's like, what's the deal there? Because this does matter. Like, I mean, it's like different. I, mean, I think, I think some, of the, some of the answers are simple, right? That, like, there are probably hosts out there that actually do cook rabbit for the just solely so that human guests can find them and be like, ah, oh, some cooked rabbit, you know, and, and eat mm-hmm. it. Whether or not, I mean, it would be bonkers if, the, if, you, if you created consciousness, created the most, like, fully lifelike robots and didn't spend an extra 15 minutes figuring out how to let them drink whiskey. That's that's some extremely like convenient war of the world shit. Like they couldn't <laughs> yeah. like the aliens couldn't exist in our atmosphere and that's why the unstoppable invasion force died. Yeah. What was the what was the the milk? They they don't drink the milk. Oh, the same thing that the the host like drank milk and all that. Jazz. I really thought we were going. We were heading. We were like careening towards some sort of milk punch part of the show. And I'm and and uh, Micah was going to take over with his New Orleans drinking expertise. But um, I guess we'll have to move. I on. failed you. Hopefully, you know who never will, do it again. Hopefully, you know who will not uh, fail you. Hopefully, it's Dave the Slushy. Dave who, the Slushy's Dave, never let me down. Dave the Slushy. Who? This isn't some bonkers theory, but I think it's actually a, a good point about Maeve in that. 
Maeve, after all this hoping to find her daughter, is probably going to find her daughter, and her daughter might be, be very happy with whatever life she's living and might have a mom that she loves very much, and that Maeve will probably, at that point, maybe realize that she needs to take care of Clementine and not her daughter because Clementine is, and of course, Clementine versus Sakura, which means cherry blossom. And then I don't think Clementine is exactly an orange blossom, but like you, the relationship is very clear. And Maeve kind of like really failed Clementine. Not that she could have saved anything, but she'll feel that way. Yeah. Probably so. one of the the most emotional moments is watching Clementine, watch the new Clementine say mm-hmm. all of her lines and like, I don't know, that was, that was pretty sad. For 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 your boy, but yeah. at the same time, you're like crying right now. Yeah. You almost have a tear in your eye. It was tough. Well, you know, sue me for having emotions, Danny. Not, God damn it! I'm not, yeah. I want, just because your kind doesn't understand emotions. <laughs> um, I agree. That was that was a tough scene, and we talked about this. I feel like last uh, on Sunday's show that if you if you if all you paid attention to was like the HBO press tour, you would think Clementine was like one of the top four stars of the show. Yeah. So uh, I am interested to see where, where her art goes. I do think she's important. I'm not sure what that, I'm not sure if that's exactly dead on, although most of your theories have been panning out. Um, well, not your theories, uh, but that, but I mean, but, but I do think that there's something there. I think that she's certainly the fact that we were arguing over who Sakura was meant to represent. Clementine is, you know, appearing very consistently and certainly has some part of that. I mean, could it just be as simple as like they've been bullshitting and that Maeve's daughter is actually Clementine? Huh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, but. Uh, Whoa. I mean, you Yo. think Maeve would have realized that, but maybe not. Maybe not. Well, I mean. We don't, we still don't know where she is, right? Where did Sizemore say that, that Maeve's daughter Oh, he gave her some, like... Coordinates or something? Yeah. Because she had coordinates, and he was like, it's not really there. Everything's moved around. I think they were trying to go to, like, the homesteading to, like, where she was originally, I think. But we don't actually know. know. She said she's in a different world. I guess that could be going back to Westworld. It might be going back to Westworld. We definitely have this wrong. Someone's going to listen and and inform us. But I'm looking forward to that because it makes it it more fun and interactive for us. Danny, more theories. Feed us. Only... Only got a couple more, but okay. Dolores is pregnant with Teddy's child. And that's why the opening credits have uh, the mother holding a baby. The Maeve stuff is a Did we not talk about Blade we did Runner this last, last week? week. Did, you yeah. watch, did you watch Blade, 20, Blade Runner 2049 in the intervening time? No, I did not. <laughs> then move on to the next theory, man. I'm not trying to it's hear that totally shit. It's totally possible. Yeah. <laughs> the robot babies are done. I guess they could. they probably had it in the planning for a long time, but come on. Well, that's like Mal Mallory mentioned to me before we came out here that like the idea that we talked about of man in black being like a, a host is, or a, like a his mind and a host body is mm-hmm. like that's like a Battlestar Galactica yeah. plot apparently. Like you both look at me. Like, I never saw Battlestar Galactica. Well, go watch so that. Like, what are you doing? What are you so busy to doing that you can't watch? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's busy dredging up these theories. Yeah, on I'm dredging. I'm fifty two percent of the way dredged through Listen. Reddit. I, I will say, I feel like I say this all the time and I'm constantly proven wrong. Robots having babies is its own damn show. All right? <laughs> None of the, you, know, you know, David, the whole show is covers of other things. You're right. You're absolutely right. And this would be a cover of Blade Runner 2049, which would be a little mm, bit uncomfortable. Hoisted but, by your own petard. Yeah, but, the, but here we go. 
I just think it ta- I think that's too much. I mean, that could be its own season of this show or something like that. That'll be the reveal at the end of the of the season maybe. I don't I don't know. It just seems like it just feels like a lot. That's all. Listen, if this if this season ends with host babies or dinosaurs, I mean, like, I'm gonna be a little upset. Why don't and you want the dinosaurs? How are you so anti-dinosaurs? And the, dinosaurs are fucking dope. I'm not. I don't have a problem with dinosaurs. I don't like I have a problem with dinosaurs. I think it just it, re, it, re, it, it redefines the show in such a way that you realize that you feel like you've just wasted all this time in your life. I can go for everyone as a host if you want to do the, really? the Battlestar. Like a lot of the Battlestar Galactica thing was, but the entire thing was just all you were really doing was just trying to guess who was it. What were they called in Battlestar? Uh, Cylons? Yeah, who was a Cylon yeah. and who was oh, not. Oh, oh, so maybe I do know something about Battlestar. But, this, but that's, that would be such a, I mean, if, if it turns out the man in black is a host, then fine, just let fucking everybody be a host. And we have like three tiers of hosts. Some are awake, some are not, some are, some are in between. But uh, yeah, I, if, it's, if the whole show becomes a steady reveal of I wonder if this person's a host or not, and eventually the answer is yes, all of them, then we've just wasted a lot of time. Yeah. I find that the most frustrating because that's like literally from the moment Bernard became like was revealed, you're like, oh, like what if everyone's a host? You almost can't stop thinking I about mean, that. I mean, like the so entire, like, the, the, the show is predicated upon the fact that like, you know, humans can play robots and therefore we don't know which one is which. Mm-hmm. And you never really see where any of the humans are coming from or where they're going or exactly i mean no i mean i, th- I think this is the, we, we're stipulating there are humans on the outside yeah, but that okay. like you know that like william and and all those flashbacks last episode wouldn't drink the whiskey i mean then that, is he a host there the people i i'm becoming i'm starting to think he's a host I but, kinda, but like if every but that's the thing it's the only like everybody it's like everybody who matters everybody in delos william is he ju- is, is he a host, host or just a wuss my column Wait, and? what if William was a host who sold, that Ford sent to infiltrate Delos so when they bought the company, Ford would still have control of the company? Yo, and okay. William this, and William sort of turned on Ford somewhere along the way, and that's the, that's the nature of their rivalry. But that he was sent in from the beginning. Like 30 years ago beginning? Yeah, from the very beginning. He oh, was like a literally host. been a host they, the whole time. Like Ford knows that Del- he needs Delos to invest or the company's going to go under. He doesn't trust Delos, so he'll just send in a, he, he sends in a Trojan horse. So How did he age, kill him? though, is well, the that's only the thing. problem To keep up the facade, he just constantly has to replace him. Huh. This is a very popular theory in like the fringes, but it's more about Ford's aging. And that for like the aging issue is like the main one, but people are saying that Ford's been a host the whole time, and that's like he's making new versions of himself to like age. But like I you don't definitely know. have to age. A, yeah, you'd have to age a host. I so mean, you're, if you're trying to pass it off as human. So William's been. Uh, you were I, saying last to. week the whole <laughs> argument that William, the Man in Black is a host because like you know he's he's the one that's trying to figure out consciousness. I mean, if there are secret labs the where whole, people this, are this maze making is not meant for you or whatever, is cake like, balls that have conscious? people's whole brains on them, and there and he can create an entire landmass or a body of water without anybody else knowing. I feel like it would make sense that anything he could. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. This is my new theory. I'm sticking with it. And then it's like the board will do nothing, and like that's why. Yeah, absolutely. No, All I don't right. Know. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> I have a lot to work out. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to theorize about it, you can uh, go to my personal Reddit page, which doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> so, last one. All right, let's do this. So, Lee Sizemore pissed again in this episode. 
<laughs> this is a great way to start. No, we know what happened last time Lee Sizemore peed, which was he whipped it out and he peed all over the map. You had a theory that he peed and created the sea somehow. Yes, that like the sea is where Sizemore pissed. So now that he's peed on a post well, somewhere in the woods and, you know, like, right. Edo There's no area reason for him to pee conspicuously on, t- on this episode of Westworld unless go. It has massive terraforming implications. Or actually, no. So early in the episode, he also started and he said, you haven't seen any of Shogun World. He said, this is the tip of Shogun World's prick is the word, is the language that he used. He, yeah. Okay. So to stick with the metaphor that somehow. We're sure he's not just cocky. His urination is related as a loose but actual real metaphor for how this water got there. Perhaps that there's been theories about a dam from Raj World to Shogun World flooding into to create and perhaps somehow Sizemore uh, is giving us hints only in scenes where he's peeing. He's giving us hints. Yes. Not, not actual. It has nothing to do with the story as it's occurring. I'm not sure. So is he, I mean, like, I mean, like, is it Ushiwale or is it one mic? Is he, is he predicting the rest of the story or is this just, you know, just good old fashioned foreboding? No, I think he's predicting the story. I think the whole story is going to be laid out. By Lee Sizemore marking trees. Or anything. Mm-hmm. Giant maps in the middle mm-hmm. of the control room. Mm-hmm. I hope that I'm able mm-hmm. to look back at some day, at, at some point towards the end of the season, and pinpoint, no pun intended. All, yeah, <laughs> fuck it, pinpoint all of the times that Lee Sizemore makes a dick joke or pees yes. or whatever, and then we'll be able to say, look, he, they told, they were, they were pointing at us right. It was right there. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, Westworld as foretold by extra time right now thinking about it. Westworld as foretold by dick jokes is. Quite the piece. <laughs> I'm in. But there you go. But I'll start week, stitching that together. Uh, okay. We'll table the discussion for now. Do you want... We got to get out of here. Uh, we've been talking for a really long time. All right. Let's close out this show by watching the teaser trailer for next week's episode of Westworld. If you outgrow this place, outgrow us, what would become of you? I think I have a choice to make. No. He didn't say that. Couple of notes about the trailer for next week before we get out of here. The first scene between Bernard, Bernardold, uh, Teddy and Bernard's body, whoever it is, is, and Dolores, seems to be a continuation of the very first scene of the season in Mm -hmm. which it looked like it was Arnold debriefing Dolores as happened many times in season one. My, I mean, a lot of the theorizing immediately went to, well, maybe that's Dolores and Bernard and she's trying to awaken him. Or maybe that's, you know, Bernard is Teddy. When that theory picked up steam. Um, we were pretty yeah. sure that Dolores was kind of guiding the interview. Yes. But whoever, now, and now, and now this was. scene ends with her saying, no, he didn't say that. The other option Which, is that it's quote unquote fidelity for the first time Ford was trying to bring Bernard back online and that. He was trying to test Bernard with Dolores. But why would Dolores wouldn't be saying, no, he didn't say that unless it's woke Dolores. That's true. That's my theory. Anyway, she bugged out. 
Yeah, no, I guess that's fine. Okay, moving on, we get a lot of... Uh, we see Bernard in the Cradle. This is this is a big deal. Bernard in the Cradle. Is that the Red Room? Is that what yeah. we're calling this? Bernard in the Cradle. Elsie's Bernard like, what do you see in there? With Cerebro, Bernard, yeah. Bernard looking quizzically at Teddy as he walks by. There, there is a scene which they uh, where Elsie says the, the code is, is impro- uh, improvising, which is very interesting. Maeve uh, gets blood splattered on her face. We're meant to imply it was by um, Japanese Hector, but uh, who knows? Because it's clearly disconnected enough that it could be anything happening. Although she looks stoic. What if I the like thing improvising in the code is James Delos? <clears throat> why? Do, why is it James Delos? I don't want to. Of all people, come on! I, not right now. Ford. Um, and then at the very end of the <laughs> at, at the very end of the uh, of the trailer, we get as you mentioned Bernard and Teddy passing each other, and Bernard giving him a long look as if to say, "Is." That are you are me? You me? Yeah. Is this now? <laughs> uh, is that a body that I could occupy? It's ominous. It's ominous stuff. We also get a quick appearance by the great uh, Timothy V. Murphy, one of the great, one of my favorite actors. Also acted with Ed Harris in Appaloosa. Mm. But yeah, he's he's gonna be fun as like some sort of weird Delos military fellow. Love uh, a good handlebar mustache. No, he looks good in it. All right, is there anything else? I think we're just gonna get a massacre at the Mesa next week. Massacre at the Mesa? Yeah. Mesa right. Massacre. Massacre? I am there for that. No, I, I like it I like it better when it's like a thematic like thing that you can say instead of a portmanteau. Let's just go with Massacre at the Mesa. Done. Massacre at the Mesa it is. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having us. We'll see you back here uh, uh, sometime next week. Talk to you later, amigos. Our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. Songfinch.com. So, this is a theory I discovered from... One of these times, the, pre- the pause is going to be worth okay. it. It's going to be like, it's gonna be like I, Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, you hear the my tiger <laughs> has Carl Rove's mind. <laughs>